0: Hi, and welcome to episode 166 of No Crying in Baseball. The, the correct answer is Cleveland Rocks episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. What you got there in your hand?
1: Hey there. I have a beer. I just want to say, first of all, that this is the first time in a very long time that I've understood what you're talking about with the title of the show. And, <laughs> I, and, and I also want to back up the claim that you long ago, long ago came up with Cleveland Rocks. So fuck everybody else. In my hand... I have a beer from Taiwan and I am very excited to drink it. I have not yet. And actually, I'm going to take it out of the koozie. Y'all can't see, but trust me, I'm taking it out of the koozie and I'm going to read the outside of it. The words that I can read say, gold medal Taiwan beer. The other words that I can read say "my way," and it's this dude. Patty will post a picture, but it's this dude holding a beer, and he says "my way," and I think that kind of kind of fits me because I want this Taiwan beer my way. How about how about yours? What does yours say? So I also have a, a Taiwanese beer in my hand. I have a Rakuten Monkeys beer, which Ooh. is um,
0: which also says "fits super clear." So I don't know if it's like it's a super clear um, beverage or I will be super clear even if I drink all of this. But the important thing to me is this: the can looks like it's got baseball stitching on it. And on the one side, it's got one of the monkey mascots. And if you remember, we've talked about there being two different and monkey mascots. One is the family friendly, don't scare the children mascot. And the other one is the one on the beer can who That's is Victor. Victor. And Victor is actually showing a little fang. And he's got a raised fist, so I think he might be a mean drunk. I don't know.
1: That sounds good to me. You know, the the backside of my beer says must succeed. So I feel like that's got to be my fortune. I must succeed. You must. How how could you not after having this beer? Exactly. So uh, speaking of this beer, we got this beer from our friend Amber, who sent it to us, somehow smuggled us some beer from Taiwan. I'm not sure if that was totally No, of course it was. I know. Amber plays by the rules. Somehow got us some beer. It is lovely, and we're about to try it. Okay, you ready? One, two, three, Here we go. go. It's
0: super clear. Yeah, it's super, super easy to drink. This is a very drinkable beer. Yeah. I kind of wish it were hot out instead of quite cold because this would be a really good hot day beer because,
1: well, you know, also baseball beer made for that. I think it would go good with food as well. Maybe I'm just hungry. Oh, speaking oh. of food. So here, Amber is going to be totally like uh, upset with me for this because after she sent the beer, she sent the beer with some cookies. And the cookies are special because Tim Melville recommended these cookies in his YouTube video with the other pictures of the lion's. And then Amber said, no, don't eat the cookies because the, cu- by the time they get to you, they're going to be past date. And she was right. And so they arrived and they're past date. But I looked at them and they don't look moldy. So I'm going to take a so, bite. Amber's Amber's going to be squeaming right now if she's okay. listening.
0: So here's the thing. So the cookies are <laughs> squishy. They're squishy. Right. So I don't know if they're supposed to be squishy or that's part of the they're past their prime oh,
1: situation. Oh, that's a good point. Right.
0: So um, Mr. Potty Mouth promised he was going to stand by because if there were ill health effects, he was in charge <laughs> of calling 911 right. to both of our homes because we are not in the same space because we are socially distanced.
1: Are you yeah, ready? I, I, yeah, here we go. Here we go. This is chalk. <laughs> it tastes like sweet chalk. I don't think it's going to kill us. I don't think no. I might... I might not eat more of it. I don't know what Tim was talking about. I guess he had it before the expiration date. Yeah. Also, I think maybe dunked in coffee. Oh, yes. Would
0: be good as opposed to alongside um, a monkey beer. Right, right. Um, wow. Right.
1: Super sweet. Wow. Wow. I got to stop. I'm stopping. Okay. So don't worry, Amber. We do have somebody on call. And thank you so much. That was like the coolest gift. This is Thanks, very Amber. Fun. This is this is lovely.
0: This is very sweet of you. I'm going to have one more sip before we go on. Like I stopped drinking during the course of the show, that, but you know, but you know, hey, on today's show, the Negro Leagues are finally acknowledged as a major league. The Cleveland name change. There's news about that and a vocabulary lesson. We've got boyfriends from the Red Sox and the Rockies. We want you to support girls baseball in a new way. I will tell you about some former boyfriends, great and terrible, heartbreaking, terrible. And as always, we've got some international baseball. So this week, the major leagues, Rob Manfred's office said, hey, we are going to include the Negro Leagues as part of the major leagues. They used an unfortunate word choice, which was elevate. We're going to elevate the Negro Leagues to uh-huh. the major leagues, which which is really awful, which is really yeah. awful. Um the, the occasion is the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Negro Leagues. The Negro Leagues are actually a, sort of a group of several smaller leagues that were collectively referred to as the Negro Leagues. In 1968, the uh, Major League Baseball had a, a white guy commission that came together to look at more old-timey baseball leagues and decide if any of them should be included in the Major Leagues. And what inclusion means here is that those players – and those statistics are are seen as one pool, so you can match those players against players in different, you know, who, who played in different different leagues and different groups. I think a better word would have been merge, like merging the Negro mm-hmm. League into this sort of group that they're referring to as the major leagues, which is not just the thirty teams now, but historic teams as well. So what the effect of this is bringing thirty four hundred players who played on seven different leagues as part of the Negro Leagues between 1920 and 1948 into this larger group that includes what we refer to as the Major Leagues. So the combining of the stats is really a very interesting part of this because there are some players who played in both the Negro Leagues and Mm -hmm. then, you know, the, the official Major League Baseball. So their statistics will be combined and there will be some new leaders, in right. various categories, right? But here is one of the tricky parts: we don't have good, clean stats for Negro leagues across the board. Partially because the media didn't cover them very much. Mm-hmm. The you know the, that's how we get our box scores. That's how we get or how we did get our right. box scores and all of those things. So those are hard to hard to research. Also, different teams, different leagues had different numbers of games per season. And in the case of some of the Negro Leagues, they, they mixed up a lot of exhibition games. Like if they went to a town, they might play a, a, a baseball team that came out of a local factory as an exhibition, which wouldn't count towards standings. But then like the next right. day the game would be that. And so how do you quantify that? But watch out for Josh Gibson, Home Run King, and watch out for, mm-hmm. Sa- for Satchel Paige in the number of wins because right. this is going to shake up what have been long seen as the records right. in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are a lot of opinions. There are so many opinions. And the guy that I'm going to go to for the definitive opinion is Bob Kendricks, who runs the the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. He that is basically sense. seen as the yep. the expert on all things Negro Leagues. He knows all the stories. He knows the history backwards and forwards. And he said, initially, his response was, We don't need MLB's validation. Yeah. But he also said it's about righting a wrong, right? Right. There is something to be said about acknowledging that you have made mistakes and you're trying to fix it. So what he chose to do was I need to look at it from outside, not inside, because inside his gut was, you know, he's too kind a gentleman, too much of a gentleman to say, screw you, MLB. But it it was sort of like this. Like, we don't need you. You We don't need your stinking badges. We know we're good. But he said from outside, this is going to, in fact, elevate the Negro Leagues in a way that will get the attention of a lot of people who wouldn't know about them otherwise. So, again, it's a long time coming. This is how can we celebrate firsts? And we're so happy that somebody finally did the thing they did, but we're so pissed off that it took so long.
1: Well the, the problem is the way that it's done also though. Like like you said that word elevate, what it should be is recognize that there has been this historical just just travesty, negligence and the whole concept behind this is these are people who were literally not allowed to play in the major leagues. They were forced to play in a different league. They excelled in that other league equal to the major leagues and It's been a historical fuck up. And instead of admitting to that, saying that we're bringing them up is is incredibly insulting.
0: Yeah, there was a a little bit of lip service, that whole writing a wrong thing. They did see the statement Mm -hmm. did say we we've made we've made a mistake, but not
1: at all to the length that you're talking about. Not at all. Right. Well, and here's the other thing. They're only doing it until 1948 which is when officially the major leagues integrated, but it wasn't like light bulb major leagues are integrated. Everybody has equal opportunity. I mean, the fucking Red Sox didn't get somebody on until 59, I think like over 10 years later. So all those years of Negro leagues are not being recognized and Ironically or coincidentally, as Perry Barber, our friend, pointed out on Twitter, that's when the women were playing. So Tori Stone, uh, Peanut Mm -hmm. Johnson, they would have been recognized in this, but they are not. They're being shut out of this. Fascinating. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. The other other person I
0: trust to speak a truth about this is CeCe Sabathia. Um, He has been very involved with promotion of the Negro Leagues. He's done a lot of work with the museum. He's got a a line of of clothing that promotes the Negro Leagues and celebrates this 100th anniversary year. He constantly says, if not for those players in those leagues, I would not have been able to play the game. He's very, very clear, very forthright about this. He said he's thrilled because because it does bring the recognition that has been lacking. And he did talk for a while. I listened to his, um, his the R2C2 podcast about it. Oh, that. I love that. I do. Yeah. And both of the, the hosts there were saying, you know, it, ad, admitting there was a mistake, which they believe happened on MLB's part, and moving forward and trying to fix it is good. And we can't sweep away all of the good because they fucked up before, and right. they did majorly fuck up before, yeah. but that can't be the only thing they did. They're also making an attempt, and at, I, you know, I do, I, you know, it's not about me. I'm I'm looking at it from the outside, saying a little bit too late, too little, too late. Glad you know you're doing it, but wish you had done it at the time. But again, that's not what I think isn't as important about this is what say as he said Sabathia or, or Bob Kendricks thinks about this.
1: I um, agree, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I am fascinated on how this is going to work once the stats are combined and how that's going to happen. Um, That's going to be like, that's like, there are going to be a lot of nerds just like rolling off their sleeves and really enjoying all of this. It's like, oh, we've been waiting to do this for a very long time. One oh, one interesting thing that I saw, I read a bunch of articles about this over the past week, and a lot of people pointed out what we hope happens is that pensions get extended to family members of players from the Negro Leagues brilliant pensions would have given that they would have received had they been in the major leagues at the time so that would be freaking awesome yeah yay for that in the too little too late category we have the (laughs) cleveland baseball team which is pointedly not going to refer to itself as the cleveland baseball team this year so uh shortly after we finished recording our last episode Friends started sending me things saying, hey, did you hear that the Cleveland has, fi- has formally announced that they're going to change their name? If you remember, they had talked about this earlier in the season, that they were considering it, that, that it was, you know, conversations were being had. Well, the team announced that they're really going to do it. They're not going to do it until 2022 because apparently it takes a really long time to, I don't know what. I don't it's know what. That merch. <laughs> they don't want the Washington football
1: team interim solution. Right. So I don't know. So they just want to sell their warehouse full of merchandise that they have with the old team name on it. Well, not just that, but um, well, let me get there in a second. Let me get there in a second. So Paul Dolan okay. is the
0: owner. And his, in his announcement, he said the name is no longer acceptable in our world, hmm. which, yeah, that's true. That was also true years ago. Right but, okay but welcome welcome Mr. Dolan welcome but interestingly since the like the rumor started months ago they have had ongoing conversations with the Cleveland In- indigenous coalition huh and members of that coalition have reported that they felt like the team was genuinely listening to them finally and they felt like it was a collaborative Then they felt like they were actually being heard at last instead of being like brushed aside as, oh, that group over there. So here's the thing along what you were saying, Potty Mouth, is they never stopped selling the Wahoo stuff. They just took it off of their uniforms. And so Dolan says, we're still going to do that going forward. But going forward, we're going to donate the profits to these, you know, indigenous rights. I'm like, (laughs) okay. I'm guessing you didn't say that out loud to the Cleveland Indigenous Coalitions. So
1: I don't get that at all. I sure as hell hope not. Like that's insulting. That's crazy. It is insulting. It, it, it is crazy. So
0: the, the you know the the other part of this is what what name are they going to use? And baseball Twitter went not saying. Oh come on! Like how, why would they announce this? If they haven't had a name yet, I mean, come on, this is stupid that they did this. I'm like, oh, no, they have a name. They probably have a logo. They probably have it all figured out, but they want the um, the appearance of soliciting ideas. Maybe they'll have a contest or something. Who knows? But you know they're going to be the Spiders, which is fun and interesting. It should be the Cleveland Rocks. I know we've got the Colorado Rockies, but I'm sorry. I do believe that Ian Hunter's song came out way before the Rockies did. So take it up with Ian. Yeah, needs to be the Cleveland Rocks. It's going to be the Cleveland Spiders, but no announcement has been made, which leads me to the vocabulary uh, lesson today. So Potty Mouth, you question nicknames, Mm -hmm. why they're referring to the name that we don't use as the nickname of the team. And then aside from that, one of my friends who doesn't care for sports one bit sent me a message saying, hey, I heard my 10 minutes of sports radio for the entire year, and, and they were talking about this Cleveland name change, and they refer to the name as a nickname. Isn't that their regular name? Why do they call it a nickname? Like, Well, all right, if it comes up at least twice, I'm gonna talk about it. Here's why, mm-hmm. here's why. Because teams actually have longer business names that is their actual name. Most of them are what the team is referred to plus words like baseball club or corporation or limited partnership or LLC or things like that. For instance, I'm going to say it because it's a, it's a formal name. The Cleveland Indians Baseball Company. That's their name. Is the formal name of the ownership group, right? The New York Metropolitan Baseball Club. Right. The San Francisco Baseball Associates. Mm-hmm. Yankees Global Enterprises, which is why you see those damn hats everywhere you go around the world. But <laughs> so th- those are the actual names. Those are the full names. So anything you do to shorten that would then be a nickname. So I mean, we had somebody okay. saying, well, the Nats, are the nickname for the Nationals, like, well, it's another nickname for the, you know, the Washington Baseball Club. It's a right? nickname for a nickname then. It's, you're right. Yes. It's a shortening <laughs> of the nickname. So people also call okay. it, they also say it's the team name, but it is not incorrect to call it the nickname because it is what we call it collo- hmm. colloquially okay. instead of referring to it as the, you know, New York Metropolitan Baseball Club, for instance. There's your vocabulary lesson. There won't be any quizzes. I believe you can remember that. Thank you.
1: I appreciate that. We're going to go on to our boyfriends. This is what we like to do in the offseason. We each pick a guy per team because there is something special about them beyond the field. And this week, we have the Red Sox for the American League and the Rockies for the National League. So the Red Sox is usually a joyous moment for me. but <laughs> Sorry. We, yeah. We figured out last year that because of all the kerfuffle and the scandal that we were not going to choose any Red Sox who had been on the team in 2018 when all that Stuff happened. So that means we've got to look at the younger guys. And, and it took me a minute for this one because I really wanted Arauz. I was fascinated by this guy last year. He's from Panama. He's got the locks. He's looking good. But his numbers from last year weren't good and his chances of actually playing at all this year are not so good. I looked at Yairo Munoz, who is supposed to be another utility player, but he's the guy who deserted the Cardinals, like just left because he had pulled a hamstring and just took off for the, I think Dominican Republic without telling anybody. So oh that's God. like, that's not a good boyfriend move. So believe it or not, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm choosing Jeter Downs. And I love this guy. And I've got to say that both of the boyfriends that I picked today are just adorable. They're like wannabe sons, you know, just the kind of guy that you think is just the cutest young Jeter Downs is only 22. So he could be in line for second base. He's definitely not opening second base this year. Second base is a weird thing going on right now for the Red Sox because Dustin Pedroia is technically still on the books and he's not doing so well. And they might be pulling someone in from the outside. So there, there's like a who knows if they're going to get, was it Colton Wong or, or some others, but they have a bunch of homegrown guys, including, well, Jeter Downs is not homegrown. I'm going to get to that in a minute, but um, Christian Arroyo. Anyway, I'm, I'm banking on Jeter. I'm hoping that he gets it, that he gets some time because he's the guy that I'm picking. He came over on the Mookie Betts trade. So I feel that's a little poetic for me because Mookie Betts was my baseball boyfriend for the Red Sox for our first two seasons. I love him dearly. He unfortunately went to the other side of the country, But we got Jeter Downs. He came up as a shortstop, but there's Xander Bogarts is at short right now. And he's not moving anywhere. And all these guys who are coming in, I think short is more of the position of desire. So second base, he will move over. Yes, he's named after Derek Jeter. Like That's the question that you just got to get out there. Derek Jeter, I think anybody's heard us before not my favorite personality for baseball, former Yankee. Yes, he grew up emulating Jeter, wanting to be like Jeter. So there's that, but I love him anyway. And part of it, somehow he saw the do-gooding, the doing good, the the generosity of Jeter. And and one of the sweet things that I saw about him talking about his own name, was he said, that's how I pride myself. I try to do the right thing on and off the field, whether it's baseball-related or out with friends or helping somebody out in the street. Somehow he thinks he got that from Jeter. I don't care where he got it. He's doing it, and that's kind of what counts, right? What's important for me, though, is that his father was actually a Red Sox fan. Uh, the, The funny thing is he did actually sort of meet Derek Jeter, he was in traffic in Miami with his brother. And I'm going to get to his brother in a minute. And they were on en route to train with Raul Ibanez in Miami. And, Derek Jeter literally pulled up next to him in his Range ro- Rover, and he, like, waved over in traffic to Jeter. And then when they got to the training facility, they told Ibanez, we just saw Derek Jeter. And so he, like, texted him and let him know that it was, you know, your namesake who is who is waving <laughs> to you. Oh, that's so great. And somehow it led, like, one thing after another to them actually being able to FaceTime for, like, two minutes. So that was his claim, you know. His connection with his namesake, I have a feeling they're going to hang out more, though, because I think that this Jeter Downs is going to go far. He was born in Colombia, and his father played in Colombian pro ball. And his father realized that there's a limit to Colombian pro ball for sure. And there are not that many Colombians who come over. So he moved the family over when Jeter was very little. And depending on the article you read, that could have been three, it could have been five, but It was literally to give him and his older brother baseball opportunities. So to be thinking of your kids like that young as going to be players, there's just something in the blood. There's that passion in the family. And he was going to actually, he grew up in Florida as a result. He was going to play at University of Miami. He got an offer there, but he also got drafted by the Reds in 2017. And because he was born in Columbia, the stat gets to be that he is the Colombian-born player with the biggest signing bonus in history at $1.8 million. And he's actually only the 27th when he actually is a MLB player full time. He will be the 27th Colombian in MLB, which I thought was pretty low. It does seem lower than I would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he was drafted by the Reds. And then so he was in a couple of blockbuster trades, interestingly. So he got from the Reds to the Dodgers on the Puig trade. So he's involved in the Puig trade and he's involved in the bets trade. So he's he's a, an important, important bargaining piece. As well. You know, I'm thinking back to last <laughs> week when we were talking about that. His older brother also plays, his brother Jerry, who's named after his father, whose name is Jerry. Uh, and he was a 15 draft pick by the Red Sox. So when Jeter Downs came over, it was like My brother's there. So there was a little bit, you know, there was a lot of excitement about going to the Red Sox because he had his family connection there. And he said his brother got to show him around the facility. So his brother's still in the minors and just just the joking around together as they're both sort of training he told this one story that he was at bat and his brother was in the field and sort of started egging him on and then he got a hit and it was sort of like you know i told you so so just to have that sibling rivalry right on the field while you're training is pretty cool the dodgers minors infield coordinator when when Jeter was out with the dodgers has has a good quote about him, which is another baseball boyfriend thing, sort of like why I'd want to pick him because of the spirit. He said he was just constantly pushing no days off, just wants to be the best. He comes from that mindset that there's no accepting no, it's on. So he takes it seriously. He puts in his best. I'm hoping that he's going to do well for Boston. You know, that's That's definitely what I'm pulling for. He's got a little bit of a mark against him because he's allergic to clam chowder. He was asked if he was going to try that Boston staple. And he said, no, allergic to seafood. But
0: it's a good reason. It's a good reason. It's not, oh, I don't care for that. That would have him on a shit list for sure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, well, like coming in with the name Jeter, I think is going to be rough in Boston. But he did say about the Boston fans, they might be intense, but it comes from a good place. Oh,
0: that's a nice thing. You know, I'm yeah. thinking about the name Jeter Downs, and it sounds like it should be a racetrack. <laughs> right?
1: Right? Yeah. Going to Absolutely. Jeter Downs I had and watch the ponies. Yep. <laughs> yep. I had just taken a sip of beer on that. That was very close to coming right back out. That's, that's perfect.
0: Yay. I was almost a winner there. Hey, I was totally a winner with Red Sox mm-hmm. boyfriends. I did not have to work hard at all because just this week, the Red Sox picked up Dustin Hunter Renfro, who I've liked for a couple years now. So that was easy for me. So Hunter Renfro, as we call him, is 28 and an outfielder and Potty Mouth wants to comment on this right now. You knew I was going
1: to pick him. Didn't I, you? I was going to say, as soon as I saw the Red Sox deal, I was like, all right, well, Okay, so our friend Hunter is from Crystal
0: Springs, Mississippi, and he grew up an Atlanta fan. And in fact, Chipper Jones, my nemesis, is, um, is his favorite player because of TBS. We were just talking about this the other day that so many parts of the country that don't have their own baseball team became Cubs fans because WGN or became Atlanta fans with the TBS. So, so Hunter Renfro is one of those Atlanta fans from that. He was drafted by the Red Sox in 2010 out of high school, yeah. but he wow. had a scholarship to play ball at Mississippi State and he took it. So he went there instead. Oh. So he did actually say that he wants to write to um, the sketch. That identified him then and say well it took me 10 years but i finally signed with the red Sox. awesome i was endeared to hunter renfro yet again because i learned that he played for the bethesda big train which is in our local collegiate wooden bat league our, the, the cal ripken um collegiate bat, um wooden bat league oh and they of course are the nemesis of our local team the, right. the, the, the tacoma thunderbolts but that's okay <laughs> so he played there in 2011 and then got a lot of requests from, a lot of offers from the Cape Cod League, which is the premier wooden bat league. And he turned them down because he'd built all these relationships with the big train and wanted to come back here to play. And so he did that. They recently, I think maybe two years ago, they had a Hunter Renfro night at the at big train and he was there so they must have just like timed it for when like the Padres were in town or something so he oh came, my and God. He hung out in the dugout with the players and a bunch of players said yeah he was giving us tips like after our bats he was talking to us about you know what he, about you know what he saw and what we were doing he was the MVP of the league when he played there so he was he was really a, a fan favorite as well so that's very cool so then he you know, went off to Mississippi State and in 2013 he was drafted in the first round by the Padres his debut was in 2016 when he went in as a pitch hitter and was intentionally walked, which is the first player to be intentionally walked on their, their major league debut, first plate appearance in more than 15 years. That does seem like a weird thing to do. Doesn't it? Although, wow. you know, shortly after that, he had seven uh, RBI in one game. Whoa. He was the first Padre rookie to ever have seven runs batted in in one game. Yeah, at a rookie level. He uh, was actually the National League Player of the Week the very last week of that season because he had 13 runs batted in and he hit 409 that week. So he's a power hitter. He also has very sexy uh, uh, defense, which I appreciate, as you know. Um, He was the MVP for the Padres in 2018. He now he was not on the Padres when they when when Slam Diego happened this summer, but just, to, just so you know, he could have been because he had a walk off grand slam against the Dodgers while he was still with the Padres in 2019. So, there he could have been, he could have been part of the whole Slam Diego situation. So, speaking of big name trades, he went to the Rays, um, a year ago in December of 2019 in the trade for Tommy Pham and Jake Cronenworth. Oh. But of course, that got him basically to the World Series. So I think he's right. probably okay with he that wins. playing with the Rays. So when the when the Rays were back in San Diego because they were hosting playoffs, right in San Diego, San Diego fans were really happy to see him. And you may have you may remember having watched the games and seeing signs on the buildings nearby saying, you know, hit it here, Hunter. Um, so yeah, so he he is missed, and they were very happy to have him back. And then he went off to play in the World Series, and then the next month was DFA'd by the Rays. Right. And he said, I get it because, you know, Rosarena is there in the outfield. I mean, how many outfielders do we we're, – we're, they're full of outfielders. He would have commanded some money and that they didn't have. So he, he was okay with that. The Red Sox picked him up this week. He is very attractive to the Red Sox because he's a right-handed batter and they're loaded with lefties. And so to be able to huh. mix it up with a right-hander wow. – um, one of the images that went around the last couple of days was his spray chart. I don't know if it's just last year or for all time, superimposed over Fenway park to show how many more homers he would have hit had he been playing oh. in Fenway regularly because Thank of, you know, the way the, the, the park is shaped and the distances. So um, he's very Fenway friendly. I like Fenway friendly. I, bet, I bet you do. So here's the wacky thing about Hunter Renfro. There's another Hunter Renfro. Uh, Renfro is spelled differently. The other guy, um, it ends in a W, Renfro with a F-R-O-W, as opposed to baseball Renfro, which ends F-R-O-E. So the other Hunter Renfro is a receiver for, I hate saying it this way, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh my God, that's a team.
1: (laughs) That's that's a team.
0: That's a team. I was like, wait a minute, what? Oh yes, I really haven't been watching much football. But in both cases... It's their middle names that are Hunter, and they both huh. use Hunter as their names, but they are confused all the time. They sort of learned about each other because they would get tweets met for each other, or they'd get imagine. messages met for each other, congratulating them on this great reception. And baseball <laughs> Baseball Renfro's like, what are you talking about? Or, you know, yeah, you're in the playoffs. <laughs> and Football Renfro Renfro's like, what are you talking about? So they actually met the last year that uh, the Raiders were in Oakland. Because so Hunter, so so Football Hunter and his wife went to see I know it's went to see the Padres play the Giants, right? Because they were in the Bay Area because that's where, you know, back when it was Oakland and not Las Vegas. So they went to see a Padres Giants game and so they met so the Hunter the Hunter's Renfro met <laughs> at that game and have been friends since. They haven't hung out, but they have a lot of shared interest and they apparently communicate all the time, especially when they get um, you know, crazy misfired communications. And I actually got one of those today in that I was looking at Twitter, look, look up Hunter Renfro, and I saw, is Hunter Renfro dead? I'm like, what the hell? Turns out other Hunter Renfro with a W, the football one, had a helmet-to-helmet collision oh the other God. day that looked super scary. He ended up with just a concussion, but it was so serious, people thought <sighs> his neck was broken. Uh, and awful. can you imagine being Hunter Renfro, F-R-O-E, Mom or something and saying, "Oh my God, is Hunter Renfro dead?" Um, yeah. Anyway, so they believe it was good luck when the two of them met because over the next couple games, baseball, Renfro hit had a three home run game, and then two games later had a two home run game. Like it within like five days of meeting. So, and both of them played both football and baseball in high school.
1: That's so weird. That's yeah.
0: I love that. It's pretty crazy. So both Hunter Renfro's married their high school sweethearts. The one we care about is Courtney, who married baseball Renfro, who was also a state champ tennis player. So yay, yay for that. And the other fun fact I'm going to leave you with is that Hunter Renfro once caught a possum with his bare hands.
1: Does he have photographic
0: evidence or a witness on that? There was video and he got in trouble for it because it happened right after he got drafted by the Padres. And so his friend posted video on social media of him catching this possum and um, the Padres said, um, stop that.
1: (laughs) Please don't do that anymore. Is the possum okay? Like, did I, I, I'm not going to go any further with that. All right. All right. I will. I will. La, 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 la. (laughs) We'll go over to the national league now. And with the Rockies, I have. It's shoot. I think it's, yeah, it's <laughs> Raimel. I, I can't fucking pronounce my boyfriend's names. This is the second week in the row because I knew that the phonetic spelling was going to conf- confuse me worse than the original. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure it's Raimel Tapia, who is a left fielder, 26 years old, but he looks like a baby and he is fucking adorable. His hair he has got the locks they're gorgeous and looking at i love his minor league pictures big pictures because he was very scrawny he had all this great hair and he's he's just adorable he's super cute he bulked up this past year and i'll get to that in a minute because he was uh called underrated in a bunch of articles and 2020 was his breakout year he had the opportunity mostly because Ian Desmond opted out a little bit more room in the outfield, and he got to play more, and he had his career-high average of 321, which ended up being the ninth best in MLB last year. So this kid, who comes out of nowhere, underrated, ends up with the ninth best average, and the funny thing was that going into it, he was asked about his predictions of the year and he said he was going for MVP, which was, you know, laughed at at the moment. Like you're not like like really like, but he's like, I'm shooting for MVP and he ended up doing really well. He, his discipline increased. He had more contact. His issue is with his power. He only had one home run, but he is fast. He has a very high sprint speed and he moved around the order a lot at the, he was even at the bottom, but he ended in leadoff, which hopefully is where he's going to be for 2021. He did bulk up. So he was a scrawny kid. He tried to bulk up for power this year. It didn't quite result, but I'm thinking that maybe it will for this next year. He gained like 15 to 20 pounds in March of 2020. He posted an Instagram picture of his, um, back when he was flexing which ascertains to that fact and it's an impressive picture to look at if you want to you, check you, it you out look at it on a regular basis yeah you might you might just just to check the details just to make sure we're right you might want to check into that i'll All right. see if i can find it he signed in the rockies in 2010 so he's been with them forever at age 16 He was a baby, so he spent a bunch of time in the minors. But he was in the futures games of both 2015 and 2016, and 16 is when he actually had his MLB debut in a pinch hit situation where he did get a single. 2017, he was up for 70 games including an impressive walk-off RBI situation, his first walk-off, and it was against Hunter Strickland. So I thought you would appreciate that. I do appreciate that. (laughs) Screw you, Hunter Strickland. There (laughs) you go. So boom, the boyfriend's got it. He also got to to debut uh, his postseason appearance in the wildcard game against the D-backs where he pinch hit again for a single. He had fewer opportunities in 2018. I'm not quite sure why, only 25 games but he did, again, he's pinch hitting there. He did get a pinch hit go ahead Grand Slam. Nice. That is going to be fucking amazing. And it was the third in franchise history that it was a go ahead pinch hit Grand Slam. Nice. In um, 2019, he made Doping no Day. He was on the roster and it was his first uh, or his first home run of the season was inside the park talk about sexy he pinch hit for four home runs which tied the franchise record for pinch hit home runs um two of those were grand slams and that is the franchise record for pinch hit grand slams yeah so then he just busted out in 2020 also in 2020 here is the baseball boyfriend quality COVID, right? COVID hits. He's from the DR. People are suffering. And he literally said, like, what can I do here while my people are struggling so much? He went down to the DR in April of 2020, and he brought a bunch of food, toiletries, surgical masks, gloves, PPE that he, that he had gotten together and paid for to his, the town that he was from to 150 families in his hometown, La Loma of San Pedro de Marcoris. Yeah, Marcoris. I think that's it. And that was enough PPE for the year. Wow. For, for oh, that's fantastic. Hometown. And he went door to door, wearing a mask, dropping off bags of stuff. He, The only reason why we know about this is because somebody saw him, took a picture, put it on Instagram, and then, of course, it blew up. But he did not oh. post it. He did even not. Better. Right. And and the Rockies didn't even know about it until it got out there on social media. So he's a, a, a sweet guy. He trained in the DR with Rafael Soriano. And he has three brothers who all played in baseball at some level, either minors or majors. And he has connections, family connections with the Estrellas Orientales of of Liram. He played for the Estrellas. Although, so that's, you know, not the team I'm supporting, but his uncle played for the Leones. That's My my team. And here's a sweet thing. So he says that my routine every night before I go to bed is to put on the video of the pitcher I will be facing the next day. I'll watch that. Watch the pitcher. Watch the pitches. Wow. You teachers must love that dedication to getting
0: that homework done, that little extracurricular, extra credit work.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And the the last cute cute thing about him is nicknames. He's called the cangrejo and his batting stance is kind of wild. While he's sort of waiting, he kind of clicks his elbows together like a crab, like he's got a crab thing there. But for the... Players weekend, he went with El 50, which was after 50 Cent, because apparently he has mucho swagger.
0: Excellent. (laughs) All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Okay. So my Rockies guy, I went with um, Sam Hilliard, who's 26, and he's a right fielder. He is from Mansfield, Texas. He lives in Texas now. Um, His dad played football for the University of Texas. His mom was Miss Texas and runner-up yeah. to Miss America. They are a very nice-looking family, I'm just <laughs> saying. They are they are an attractive family. He's got a bunch of siblings. I've seen group shots. They are a very lovely people. Let me just say, there's some good genes there. Um, he was drafted by the Rockies in 2015 out of Wichita State. His debut was in August of 2019, and his first plate appearance, he hit a homer against Boston, his very first major league hit. Oh, nice. His okay. second major league hit was also a home run in his next start. So wow. he is the fourth Rocky in franchise history to hit home runs in his first two plate appearances. Um, Trevor Story, my former Rockies boyfriend, is another one of, of, of those other three to do that. He's also the only major league player to ever hit two home runs off of Noah Syndergaard in one game. Oh, wow. Sam one game. hits for power. He is a big guy. He is um, a very athletic outfielder and he is a power hitter. So one of the the pieces I read about him referred to him as Charlie Blackman 2.0. oh.
1: And that's my old boyfriend. My first That's year. right. And
0: so you, you want, you want to back up in that, in that position. Mm-hmm. So Sam's dad, the former football player was diagnosed with ALS in 2018. And I read, there was a similar article once a year about him playing about, you know, the, the burden that he's shouldering with, you know, his dad's terrible health situation and all of that. And the progression of these articles was really quite heart wrenching because ALS moves very quickly. And in the first article, Sam did not really want to talk about that so much, right? He was sort of compartmentalizing. Now he's all in. Uh, His mom has the whole family working on ALS awareness. Um, They support the ALS Therapy Development Institute. They refer to themselves as Team Hilliard. You'll find that they're on social media as Team Hilliard, hashtags and whatnot. And they have fundraisers all the time, as well as trying to teach people about this disease and, and provide resources to people. And they've raised a boatload, a boatload of money for this institute. So the last article that I read that was on this theme, his dad cannot can no longer move arms or legs. So it's, it's really, it's, you know, it's heart-wrenching anyway, but having been an athlete in the past and then being... You know, constrained this way, it's got to be so, so hard. The Rangers, they used to go to Rangers games. I they're from Texas. So, um, so Sam and his dad used to go to Rangers games when Sam was a kid. The Rockies were playing the Rangers. They were opening Globe Life Field. They were the first team to be the visitors at Globe Life Field this past season. So they had two exhibition games before opening day. And the Rangers arranged for Sam's parents and his fiancee to come watch the game. You know, remember there were no fans allowed, oh, wow. right? They yeah. they found a way for the, the family to come. And, you know, part of it is just kills me because like this could be his last chance to see his kid yeah. play ever. Um, but he was there. He got, he got to see Sam's very first opening day. Wow. as a major league player as well as to go to the exhibition game. So it's really quite a thing.
1: Where are the tissues man oh, I know this
0: is beautiful. I know I know I'm really glad that we did them in this order because I don't yeah. want, I didn't want to follow this with the possum story. I really did right. but one of the one of the things that major League base that, that um, so, so Team Hilliard and, and, and other organizations that support ALS awareness and working for cures is trying to establish Lou Gehrig day. And if you remember, so ALS is also referred to as Lou Gehrig's disease. And so there's been a push. And I think it's actually working to designate July 4th in Major League Baseball as Lou Gehrig Day. And the first one is going to be in 2021. I'm all for that. That's so great. Think of think of Team Hilliard as part of that when you, when you see Lou Gehrig Day happen next year. Next week, oh, my gosh, the O's and the Nats. At the same time? At the same time. That's <gasps> going to just kill me dead. It's going to kill me dead. I'm so sad that they're so soon that they're both together and so soon. Again, the Nats are there alphabetically because there was a three-way tie for that part of the basement on the National League.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That that section of the basement. All right. On to some happier stuff right now. Stop what you're doing. Check our show notes. Look for the link for Raina's Baseball and donate what you can, please. Reyna's Baseball, I happened upon... This young woman, 20 years old, started a baseball organization for young women, high school aged of, I think it's 14 to 18 in New York City. I'm pretty sure they're based in the Bronx. This is Gabby Velez, who played herself when she was in high school, but she was like that only girl on the team kind of thing. Went to a baseball for all event and yay baseball for all that got her so jazzed up that she started this league and she's running this league as a 20 year old young woman. And it's you know no cost and it's a lot of Latinx girls and support them. They it, It's a beautiful thing. We will put a link in our show notes and I'm definitely gonna try to, to look into them and follow up. I would love to talk to Gabby or somebody from the organization. Is Raina's like queen or something? Yeah. Is that so yeah. Queens baseball? Yeah, and if you go to their webpage in big letters, it says "Welcome to the Matriarchy." Oh, and I yeah. like their spirit is just so good. It's so good. So yes, there's so much like g- the girls of the future. Baseball is expanding, and baseball for all is amazing. So they're behind Gabby's ability, inspiration. You know, to to start her own league there. They're also stepping it up to put pressure on college. So Baseball for All has had a huge amount of success the past couple of years in getting girls' baseball going in various places around the county and having girls' baseball tournaments. And now they're focusing on that missing link of college baseball because so many girls, when you get to that point, you have to decide, what am I going to do for college? I've got this softball scholarship that's paving but I don't play the softball. Way. Right. I so softball. I fucking yeah. learn and I have to adapt to the system because they're forcing me into that. And nothing against softball. Softball players are amazing athletes. It's a different sport. There should be both. So, what baseball for all is saying is that colleges have to have women's baseball. That's what it is. And they're establishing an intercollegiate club as a stepping stone. So they're encouraging girls to join that and then they can show colleges like, look, we've got all these college girls playing, you have to step up and do it. So I think they're being very strategic about how to grow the game for girls and young women. And so what I have to say is just support both of them because good things are gonna happen and you wanna be behind it.
0: That's right, you wanna be on the right side of history here. Mm I'm going to tell you about two of my former boyfriends, and one of them is full of good news, and one of them is breaking my heart even further. I'm so sorry. Potty Mouth mentioned Ian Desmond when talking about her new Rockies boyfriend, because Ian Desmond opting out in the 2020 season is how her guy got some playing time. So Ian Desmond didn't necessarily opt out because of COVID so much as racial justice and wanting to figure out how to use his celebrity and his money to make a positive change in the world. He just this past week released sort of a teaser for what's coming, what he's been spending, what he spent the summer and the early fall working on. He's built an organization called the Newtown Connection. Newtown is where he lives. The Newtown Connection, uh, which is, I think, near Sarasota, Florida, which is going to build on primarily boys and girls clubs, but also other organizations that work at the community level that are already doing good work. He wants to amplify their work. He wants to help build connections between them. He wants to make them stronger and more sustainable. And what he said was the ultimate goal is to help this generation of kids help the next generation of kids. So he wants to build something sustainable, something sustainable and baseball is part of it, but it's not all of it. So, um, you know, it looks like he's probably going to play next season again, again. I think he's coming back. That's what all the reporting looks like. Mm-hmm. But he has used this time super wisely. And he's going—he's building something that's going to last for a while. It's really going to make a difference at the community level. And I'm really impressed with Ian Desmond. I need a sip of beer before I go
1: on. I think my beer is empty. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. Um.
0: So Omar Vizquel. My very first baseball boyfriend, love of my life, Omar Biscal. Omar we talked about him twice now. Um, in August, it started coming out that he and his current wife were divorcing, and she made accusations about a history of abuse. And we noted at the time that it was only get, being covered in Spanish language news. It right. was getting no coverage in the United States. Well, The Athletic just did a report on it. And now the news is breaking in this country, even though it's a little, a little, it's a little old. I mean, it's been a few months old and, but all of a sudden it's like, okay, pay attention to this. And of course it's very newsworthy now because we're in the hall of fame voting time of year also. So the report in the athletic comes out, which is very detailed, very detailed. And Vizquel, his... His representation, I guess, submitted a statement afterwards saying that this is all a smear campaign related to the divorce, yeah. which is what he said over the summer um, right. when the when the reports first started coming out. He said, "I've never, I never hit my wife. I never hit my wife." The new information in this report that that didn't appear in what we were looking at this summer was: so he worked for the White Sox for a while, including in 2019, he was the coach of the AA Barons. And he was suspended with pay at the end of that season to investigate what they're calling, quote, an alleged incident involving Vizquel and a male clubhouse worker. And then upon the investigation, he was let go. He was fired from the White Sox organization. The public statement about that was one of those we've parted ways. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those very ambiguous sorts of things. We have parted ways and no one's talking. The Barons organization isn't talking, the White Sox aren't talking, and this is not talking. This says nothing happened. I clearly there is some sort of agreement that no one can say anything, which right. okay, I expect that. But this was this was different news. There's also a little bit of confusion in the vocabulary that's being used because some things that I read said that MLB is investigating this. Others, other stories said MLB is sort of looking into or keeping an eye on this. And I think that's probably more true because he doesn't work for Major League Baseball anymore. So what I think is they probably aren't, this is how I'm interpreting what I'm reading. This is not based, I mean, there's nothing definitive about it because it it was very confusing. I think that they're not doing a full-fledged investigation because he's not their employee right now. I think should he want to get another job with MLB, should a team offer him a job, I think Major League Baseball would step in at that point and say, hold your horses. We have to investigate this before we can move any further. And I believe they would do that because they have been recently in the past year or so actually very good about following up um, on domestic abuse accusations, situations, even when they don't get prosecuted, in a court of law, MLB has still been following through. So that's where I think things are there. And I'm super, super sad because I just firmly believe this is the freaking year. He's going to be in the hall of fame. And I couldn't freaking have the enjoyment of it happening before I knew all this stuff. And now I'm ticked and very sad. So
1: that's twice. I'm almost crying during this episode. That's not good. I am so sorry. Yep. I, I don't know. I just, you know, and the whole hall of fame thing, I'm getting very jaded like for them to not consider things like this and then I don't even want to go into fucking Kurt Schilling. Well, that's that's for another day. We'll see what happens with the Hall of Fame when it happens, but I am so sorry. Yep. That sucks. Well, here, here's sort of like some humorous old guys that we like old guys that we like maybe, or (laughs) like past tense. I think this is getting very past tense. So Australian baseball league has started opening day was the other day. And I wanted to see Manny Ramirez an opening day. And so I had decided that I was going to invest the 10 bucks and to follow the Sydney Blue Sox because i wanted to see Mary, Manny Ramirez and i've been following his instagram so closely and the day before opening day so he's posted a series of just fucking hysterical rambling Manny down under it's totally a mini series Manny down under and he was lost literally lost walking in the middle of fucking nowhere in australia talking to his phone talking about being lost but he was like and i'm here with Rachel And he kept flashing over to this Rachel. And I swear to God, it's Rachel Balkovich. She is down there doing coaching stuff. And I think she's the one who is lost with Manny. And they were (laughs) looking for getting to some kids training camp. And they finally got there, I think. But it was just the funniest video and it was right before opening day. And then opening day, I'm sleepy. I didn't want to get up for the 3.30 in the morning start, but I figured like, okay, five o'clock is close enough, but I'm like trying to get online right away. And I had seen these tweets that they were going to be streaming with no cost, trying to get there, not working. I was like, fuck it. I'll just pay the 10 bucks right now. Open it up and they keep saying Manny Rodriguez. And I'm like, no, it's Manny Ramirez and he's playing shortstop. Anyway, I start, I look it up in my stupor and Manny Ramirez is not fucking playing. What? There is a statement on the Sydney Blue Sox page, and this is after I paid my $10, damn it, saying that Manny is not playing for basically who the fuck knows how long because of a mysterious illness and the no. quote on yeah and, and this is like on the morning and they had been trying to sell these subscriptions with his picture on it so oh, I'm a little pissed hell no. off at Blue Sox. he's they said so neither the Sydney Blue Sox nor Manny himself will be making any further comment whatsoever on these matters until we otherwise notify due to the sensitive, confidential, and personal nature of this situation. Oh hell. So of course all oh, you know hell. the first thing is like, is he doing PEDs? And I was like, well, why would he do that at that point? I mean I know that us so there's a little discussion about that. Is he is it at and my my Mr. Potty Mouth said an STD and I'm like, listen to (laughs) us, STDs, PEDs, like what, what great opinions we have of man. We think so highly of him. I think is what Mr. Potty Mouth said. So we're thinking Um, that Manny was being a little too, too Manny. Yeah. In one way or another. What they also said was that Manny has been quietly managing these issues for some time. So it could be just like a 48-year-old man thing. Like it could really be <laughs> some <laughs> thing that happens, you know? It could have been any fucking now Well, situation. like y'all sudden he's gotta pee a lot. What do you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, so i so i had already paid my 10 bucks so i muscled through <laughs> and i watched the fucking game and it was worse than minor league coverage it was three camera angles you couldn't see shit there were no close-ups there were no replays and i just thought oh, what have, what i have i done and then there was the next day or maybe even later that day a free youtube stream of the perth heat and it was at a better hour they must be in a different time zone but it was just a little Big bit country. later yeah there you go so my that's my new favorite team is the perth heat they had much better coverage they had more camera angles they actually had a, a score bug that told you how many strikes and outs which the sydney blue Sox for 10 bucks a month do not so did you know any of the players on the perth heat uh, not yet, but I plan on getting to know them because right. they, they won those two games. There's also some COVID stuff going around. And actually the Sydney Blue Sox were having a th- supposed to be having a three-game series with the Melbourne Aces. They got to play two of them and then somebody had to leave quickly because COVID restrictions were coming in and it was going to limit their ability to travel, like maybe not go home. And I don't wow. remember which way it was, but- COVID's happening everywhere, so ugh, fuck that part. But, you know, watch Australian baseball. And and there are free streams. I totally recommend those. Do not pay the 10 bucks a month trying to see Manny Ramirez because who the fuck knows when he's showing up. Although he did post another very lengthy uh, speech about lamentations. He was, like, preaching into the phone, so... I don't know what that was about. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's managing whatever it is very well, if he's preaching into the song. <laughs> yes, it was very, very preaching. Are you sure he's I not don't... just still lost? Like he couldn't he find the game? That could have been it. That could have been it. And, and there was still, Rachel was still with him. So I would love to see, Ra- like, I just wish. See, Rachel her- would ask
0: for directions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's true. There's the episode title. <laughs> All right. Um, so, more baseball is still happening. The Puerto Rican League, we are not doing so well with our pick. RA 12 is 0 12. They're living up to their name. All right. So, Yay. not doing so well there. I-, I have been paying a lot more attention to Lidom, however. I recommend the Tigres de Licey if you haven't picked a team for their home games because they've got the best announcer who says, here's the pitch with every pitch, no matter where the pitch is. If the pitch is in the pitcher's hand, if the pitch is already in the glove, if it's <laughs> it's like, here's the pitch, sometimes after the ball's been hit. Right. Super entertaining. But the interesting thing that Con las Pases Llenas just came out with is Robinson Cano might be playing... Very shortly for the Estrellas Orientales. Really? He just got a shitload of suspension on MLB, but apparently. Doesn't apply to other leagues. And maybe he wants to get playing. So, to be continued, I will keep an eye on whether he actually debuts with the Estrellas. We'll see what happens. Is this a
0: good time for you to make a public service announcement about a certain new Twitter feed that uh, alerts people to when games are happening around the world?
1: Oh, you totally should. Except for I forget that the tag on it, it's infield uh, fly girl has an alerts. I, I think it's IFG alerts. And yeah. it's, it's very, yeah, I would suggest subscribing to that because we are getting really sick. I am very sick of people complaining about no baseball. There is baseball if you want baseball that you can find it. And so if you want baseball, if you're missing baseball, That means you're missing baseball. Subscribe to IFG Alerts. Most
0: excellent. So this week I'm going to be, I'm trying to recover recover from my deep, dark sadness about Omar Vizquel. And then, but you know, I'm going to be doing it by researching boyfriends on the O's and the Nats. And that may or may not make me feel any better because I don't (laughs) want to do that this week. I want to do that like a month from now. Oh my gosh. What do you have planned? Oh wait, you know what? It's also Christmas that we'll be celebrating in my house. So that's kind of a thing. So I'm happy about holidays happening and a little bit of time off and some family time with my kid and my my family next door.
1: So yay for that. Yeah, we get our kid back on Wednesday and we will be doing our Christmas Eve family tradition of watching Rent at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For those of you who know the musical, that's a thing.
0: Very nice. Very nice. That's super great. So in between watching some international baseball out there and preparing for holidays, if your holidays are still you know, on the way, please do listen to some past episodes or tell your friends about the podcast if you think they'd like to hear us talk about some baseball. If you could leave us a rating or a review, we sure would appreciate that. Maybe find us on social media.
1: Talk to us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in Bball. In the meantime, please stay home for the holidays. Please stay
0: home. Be safe. Wear your masks. Keep your distance. Wash your hands. Fight the man. Until next time, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth.
1: It's weird. No, shit happens.